This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is My Mind Emporium. Welcome to my podcast, everybody. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. I'm caught in quite a conundrum here. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't believe... I try to not drag people, but people be wanting me to drag them. I think people like to be dragged. Low-key at this point. I mean, you know, it is what it is. It was what it was, honey. I hope y'all having a lovely Wednesday. It's beautiful outside. It's cool down here. Uh, thanks to all that rain we got last night. Um, so it's pretty decent out here. It's kind of hard for me to talk without telling you what's going on right now, but I can't tell you what's going on. So it is what it is. And I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna know. I need somebody to co-sign what I'm saying. But um, today's topic, it was supposed to be yesterday's topic, but I think it's more juicy today's topic. Today's topic is going to be about the Los Feliz murder house. Let's make sure we got that already eating the... La, 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 la. In here? Do we already have it in here? Girl. Well, we will find its way in here, okay? You know, matter of fact, we might talk about something else. And then we talk about the Los Feliz murder house tomorrow. Um, because, you know, there's been a lot of crazy things going on in the media. And the energy is off and the energy is weird. So, um, you know, I might talk about another topic that needs to be talked about rather than that. Um, so this, today is going to be Wacky Wednesday, a wild card Wednesday, depend on how I feel, what topic we'll be talking about, but we definitely going to be talking about Los Feliz murder house. If not tomorrow, maybe I do a double feature and do today, but y'all know how I like to get things started. I like talking about. Uh, what's going on in this world, what's happening in this world, and why it's happening or whatever. Uh, I like talking about stories and stuff like that. So the first story I found, and I have two days of stories accumulated. The first story I found on the Black Millionaire Mentor um, Instagram, and it says, Henry Ritter Lacks family hires Ben Crump to sue pharma companies for building wealth off of her sales. If you don't know the story about Henrietta Lack, they did a movie on it uh, talking about her, how her children dealt with her death. Um, she was a black woman that had, I think, ovarian cancer, a severe stage of ovarian cancer. And um, her sales is what is, there is, is behind the uh, medication people use now to deal with cancer sales and tumors. Um, and it helped revolutionize um, the treatment of cancer. But she unfortunately died. And so her parents um, are owed a great debt. I mean, her family are owed a great debt in latitude. I mean, her parents are owed a great debt in latitude. But her family um, is also owed a lot of money. She was a mother of five children. And um, they never got anything from them using her sales to find research on cancer and cancer sales. So I hope this come through, but Big Pharma has been making a lot of money off 
Henrietta Lacks. So um, I hope they they really do fall through. I really do because she really deserves it. Um, next story is from It's On Site. As contributor is locking with keys, it says two Florida men arrested for allegedly discussing robbery in Facebook Messenger conversation. This is why I say if I have told you recently, contrary if anybody is listening out there or not, if I have told you recently to not say certain stuff in my messenger or not to say certain things in my DMs, don't do that, friend. Because they're looking in your messenger and they're trying to figure out what you were doing. So if you're doing something illegal, they'll find out just through your messenger. And I know that's illegal, but if somebody's committing a crime... Technically, it's not illegal. Now you're going to be asking for digital search warrants. I already know how y'all work. <laughs> Which granted, some of y'all, we, we do need digital search warrants. But if somebody's committing a, a serious crime, like uh, contemplating a robbery, contemplating a uh, uh, murder, contemplating suicide even, you know, you can look in somebody's DM to see if somebody is talking a certain type of way, like they're going to commit suicide. You can prevent them from doing that just by looking in their secret dms so i mean it's a good thing it's a bad thing but it's a good thing for for to get back keep bad things from happening um this next um article comes from jb cunin on instagram and it says black florida high school student gets pe award for football but no summa cum laude despite a 4.93 gpa I don't know how he did that. So they definitely owe him a summa cum laude. Um, because you were able to keep a almost five-point GPA, friend. Okay? That means you got all A's in all your classes. So they, they owe him a lot. He deserves a lot. So yeah, this and this is a very smart young man. I don't know how he did it. I couldn't concentrate in college and I was in a community college and I went right home after class. Next question. I mean, not next question. Next story. Um, I don't know if y'all heard about this story, but I'm going to tell y'all this. I used to work for activists and let me tell you this. They're not doing the same thing as their predecessors did. As much as y'all want to sit up here and talk shit about um, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, they uh, they know the law, okay? And I say this a lot. I say a lot of you new activists don't know the law. So when y'all protesting, y'all know what you're protesting. You're just out there protesting, not understanding that there are certain rights that you do have under the Constitution. And um, a lot of people are taking advantage of people because they don't know their rights and they don't know the law. And this is a good example of people not knowing their rights in the law. So this is from Samaria Rice. This is Tamir Rice's mother. And I found this on HollywoodUnlocked.com. And it says, Sean King owes Tamir Rice money from unauthorized fundraising. And that's the truth. And the others that use my son's name, I'm building a foundation. Tamir Rice need his money. 
the work I'm doing in a community with investing so our children can have a safe place. They know who they are. So this is from Tamir Rice, wrong uh, mom, and she's basically saying that Sean King has benefited off of her son's name. This, 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 uh, this, this protesting thing it has become a money making thing, and it's bad. It's bad for the people, and nobody are going to get their human rights if people are making money off this. So y'all keep um, that in mind and be careful. We already talked about this. I don't know why I got two top. I got two things on this. Okay. So the next uh, story, the next story is um, also from HollywoodUnlocked.com. Its contributor is Deja Monet, and it says Aaliyah's uncle Barry Hankerson to rebrand and launch Blackground Records 2.0. So I'm thinking that he uh, he made sure that he got his rights for the music right. And so he wants to relaunch it. He wants to relaunch the record label. And he's going to be making money off of Leah's music by launching Black Ground Records off of her name. I'm not giving my personal um, thought on that. All right. Um, I found this on an Instagram account, my mixtapes. And um, it says, Jalen Rose, congratulate the new Jalens of their NBA. And basically, he tweeted, RIP, Ma, you created a name and it became a legacy and forever grateful. It says, Jalen Rose showing love to his years new, this year's new NBA draftees who share his name. The name Jalen Rose to, pop, to popularity after he drafted and had became a hugely popular name in the U.S. So, it's three Jalen's, y'all. So, yeah, a lot of 2,000 babies are named after Jalen Rose. So, congrats, Jalen. I kind of already covered this story, but uh, I want to go ahead and cover this story. I was looking for the story when I was trying to cover this story, but I couldn't find it. This is from the Jasmine brand, and it says, um, the article basically says, Matt Damon says he still used the F word, F slur, up until some months ago. You know what they say, you can't take a, ma a ma mass hole out of Boston. Girl, I don't, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a Boston joke. But you can't take Boston out of the mass hole. In an interview with the UK Sunday Times today, 50-year-old Harvard-educated Academy Award winner Matt Damon admitted that he only recently retired to use of what he called the F-slur for homosexual from his personal lexicon. Not only that, but it took a very long time trust treatise written by his daughter for him to realize why maybe he shouldn't be tossing it around he says i made a joke months ago and got treatise from my daughter she left the table and i said come on that's a joke i say in it i say it in the movie stuck on you she went to her room and wore a very long beautiful treatise on how the word is dangerous and i said i retired the f slur i understand so his daughter told him not to be saying that. Sharon got common sense. Sharon got common sense. Shoot. Your child said stop saying that word. Stop saying that word. I'm just going to post that one in my thing. Um, okay. So. It's a 
<laughs> that's the interview they got with um, the head of Instagram, Adam Masiri. And this is from the shade room and it says head of Instagram, Adam Missouri gives some insight into the platform platform guidelines and says Boosie account was taken down due to Instagram nudity policy. We know you ain't got to defend yourself. Boosie ass need to be banned from everywhere. <laughs> Boosie need to be banned from procreating again. Okay. This motherfucker's that damn pre-diabetic asshole. I don't get it. You done lost your damn foot, almost damn died, and you still up here talking shit. I don't get that. The next story, um, this is definitely old because it happened in July 27th, but I still, you know, want to talk about it. It's from the Shade Room. Its contributor is Cassandra S. And it says, California police officers are investigating a shooting that occurred during the screening of the Forever Purge that left one person dead. Well, why don't you just explain that to me? I ain't got to read the article on that. The movie with it, I mean, the movie, the, the movie it happened in with itself, it's kind of like, it reminds me of, let me tell you what it reminds me of. I kept that, that one because of that. But this reminds me of, y'all remember when they released the Batman movie? And that fool came to the movie theater dressed as a Joker? And shot up the movie theater in Colorado. Yeah, that. Y'all be sending out some demonic ass energy in these damn movies. We already know that with the purge. Y'all need to chill the hell out. And it feels like the purge is going on. It really do. It sounds like people are dying from the stupidest reasons now these days. Um. So yeah. This next story I found from NoraOnline.org. Um. And it says, we love to see it. It says, Jasmine Camacho Quinn makes Olympic history winning first gold medal for Puerto Rico in track and field. It says, the Tokyo Olympics are underway and is giving very much black girl magic wins across the board. Afro-Latina track star Jasmine Camacho Quinn, 24, made history winning first place in the women's hurdle to today, bringing home Puerto Rico's first ever gold medal in track and field. According to um, NY Post, Jasmine beat Team USA Kenny Harrison previously held world record by 15 seconds in the event. Jasmine now reigned as the second Puerto Rican uh, athlete in history to win a gold medal. Congratulations um, to Jasmine Camacho Quinn. Congratulations, girl. I'm still confused because isn't Puerto Rico part of the United States? I'm confused. Anyway, so everybody, if you win and you in Puerto Rico, you in Jamaica, Trinidad, and Tobago, the Bahamas, all y'all, congrats on any of your Gold Olympics wins. Okay, you may not be part of the United States, but there's black people there. So there. <laughs> and yeah, and all the country, uh, countries in Africa too, I'm cheering for you too, boo. We're cheering for you too. Okay, it's all love. Um, this next, uh, ratchet ass news. This is ratchet ass news. All right. I don't know what's going on, but spirit, uh, airline must be selling those tickets for 50 cents. Okay. Uh, and a top ram it up news. Um, I got this from juicy talk radio and it says, what the hell says mother and daughter flying spirit airline, put the paws on each other at an Atlanta airport. 
this contributor is Naya Monroe. And I'm sorry for the last story. The contributor was Tamara Shanae. So the last story I did for this story is Naya Monroe. And it says, get into this. Spirit is always being talked about as the worst headline to ever, airline to ever ride. But it seems as though they just can't get it right. Recently, a few passengers, mother and daughter, coming from Atlanta. Oh, shit. Got into a fight at the airport and no security was anywhere to be found. <laughs> Employee states that this isn't the first or last altercation to have occurred while, uh, occurred while working for Spirit Airlines. And survey targeting flight attendants, 85% of the flight attendants say they have dealt with unruly passengers this year. According to the Association of Flight Attendants, the state were deeply troubled anytime the cabin crew member faced threats while performing their critical safety duties. That's why we adopted a zero tolerance policy. And while we're taking the strongest possible action within our legal authority, we have launched an extensive education campaign so the public knows about the consequences. Yeah, like I said, I don't know what the hell going on. Yo, I don't know these people. They ain't relate to me. Uh, I don't know them. I don't want to know them, girl. Y'all here fighting. Um, should I say this? I want to talk about what DeVale Ellis said on Twitter. And I found this on NoraOnline.org. Um, and um, DeVale Ellis, he said something that's very important to me, and I put stance to this, because um, y'all can sit up here and point fingers at the gay community all y'all want to. You know, it's, and it's, it's none of my business what you do in the gay community. You do what the hell you want to do. You grown. But this is what he said, and it has a whole lot to look at what I'm standing to about you pushing the agenda. Let's talk about and how in rap now you're pushing a, some sort of agenda too. And DeVale says, um, as a dad to three black boys, I understand the importance of silencing artists that spread hate and ignorance. But I know as corporations still back artists that glorify gang violence, disrespecting women, murder, drug abuse, and many other destructive behavior. And he continues to put in his post, when you have kids, your perspective change. You walk by your son playing 2K and listen to the lyrics of the music he's listening to and acts who put money behind this for kids to listen to? Then you remember that your parents felt the same way about Biggie, Pog, Jay, Nas, Onyx, and Wu-Tang. Our generation grew up thinking murder, rap, rape culture, drugs, and alcohol was not only normal but acceptable because people danced to it. It's crazy how corporations get away with promoting self-destructive behavior in our community and many of us don't even realize it. And that was a point I think I made in my, I think I posted this on my, not my Instagram, my Facebook account, my other Facebook account, if you can figure out what it is. Congratulations. Um, well, I said that both of them are promoting their agenda. You know, T.I. and Boosie and the baby are promoting gangster rap and um, the disrespecting of women and murder and drugs. Y'all got an agenda going too. So how you gonna talk shit and say that Lil Nas X is pushing the agenda? Y'all all are pushing the agenda. Lil Nas X is doing his shit for shock factor. And he's a little douchebag. Don't get me wrong, but don't sit up there. Don't, you know, it's like the pot call the kettle black. And you see all these young rappers out now, a lot of them are dying. I mean, and they don't even make it to 25 years old no more. They're getting shot for weird, weird shit. 
And people really think they're about that life. And so they try them. So both of them are promoting an agenda that I do not too much care for. Okay. I I mean, you know, we can sit up here and talk about Lil Nas X, but I, I'm not going to sit up here and ignore that you push out a misogynistic antics against women and talk about killing your homeboy over some money. I can't ignore that. The next story is severely disturbing, and so viewer discretion is advised, and I'm not being funny. Viewer discretion is advised. Um, This is a very disturbing story. <sighs> y'all be careful who y'all put in mama's house. <sighs> All right. This story comes from It's On Site, and its contributor is Shady Porter, and it says, trans YouTuber arrested for incest with her 79-year-old mother who has dementia. A popular transgender YouTuber was arrested in Virginia for allegedly having sex with her elderly mother who suffered from dementia. Her arrest came after she apparently admitted to indecent acts to a friend. 39-year-old Christine Chandler, who used to go by Chris Chan, was booked at Central Virginia Regional Jail on a felony incest charge for sleeping with her 79-year-old mom. Newsweek reported that in a record phone call, Recorded phone call, Chandler said that she had had she has had sexual feelings and dreams about her mother for years. She said that the two have a routine where they have sex every three days. She was partially confused at one point, but then she came across obviously Chandler's allegedly says allegedly says the clip was posted online and Chandler, who has fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube, was arrested. She is being held without bail. Does this lady have any more cheer? This is disturbing. Like, I I don't understand this. <laughs> this is... You know, when people are able to do something strange for a little change, you it makes you wonder what kind of people they are. That's a very disturbing case. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what the hell is going on here. That's disturbing. The next story I found is from BallerAlert.com, and its contributor is Raquel Harris TV. It says Florida's second largest school district rolls back mask mandate after Governor Ron Santos threatened to cut funding. Broward County School District in Florida has rolled back its mask mandate after the governor threatened to cut funding. This past Friday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantos issued an executive order blocking schools from requiring masks in schools. The order also stated that it could he, it will cut funding from schools that implement a mask mandate, CNN reports. Last week, South Florida's second largest school district, Broward County, announced it would require staff and students to wear masks. The district move was in response to the U.S. CDC. Oh, U.S. Okay, it is CDC, though. And, yeah, CDC prevention issued new guidance urging everyone in K-12 through schools to wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. At the DeSantos executive order, Broward County issued a statement saying it would be following along with the government enforcement. 
Broward County School Public Broward County Public Schools intended to comply with the government's latest executive order. Read the statement from the school district. Girl. Let me continue. Like I said, this is why you got to be careful of the energy you put out there. They put out the movie The Purge and you got a freaking governor of a damn state saying that you don't need to wear a mask to school. Now, my child would not be going to school in Florida if that that was the, if my child was in school. Um, the next story is from BallerAlert.com and its contributor is Cabbage Patch Girl and it says, five Miami Beach officers arrested after surveillance showed them using excessive forces during arrests. Five Miami Beach police officers have been charged with using excessive force during their arrest inside a hotel lobby. Miami-Dade County State Attorney Catherine Fernandez Rundle told reporters that the five officers were charged with misdemeanor battery for the incident captured on the hotel surveillance footage and body-worn camera. According to the official sergeant, Jose Perez, Kevin Perez, Officer Robert Sabater, David Rivas, and Stephen Serrano, Turned themselves, on, turned themselves in on Monday. Rondo told reporters that the arrest was alarming and disturbing after showing footage of them. Dalton Crudup, 24, was riding his scooter when he allegedly struck a bike officer, sending him to the hospital and forced him to use crutches, according to the authority. But it showed that Crudup appeared to comply with the police commands after fleeing and briefly entering the elevator at the Royal Palm Hotel. It's up and stuck, y'all. Y'all don't be pissing off these officers. Now, I don't know if y'all been paying attention to uh, what's been going on on Twitter lately with Black China. <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all the story of what's been going on with Black China. Apparently, she's been hacked. That's what she said. Uh, this comes from the shaveroom.com, and, and this contributor is Lia Janae, and it says, Black China rep says she isn't responsible for tweets made about Tiger. Twitter account was hacked. You don't know the things she has been saying about Tyga. You will find out today. On Monday. Um, let me get back to it. It says, okay, on Monday... A couple of tweets about Tyga were made from Black China's account, but a rep from her camp said she is responsible for the tweet because she was hacked. One tweet stated, Tyga loves trans, me too. And it was followed up with another tweet that stated, tell the truth, Tyga. A rep from Black China camp exclusively spoke to TSR and stated that her account was hacked. Unfortunately, Black China's Twitter account was hacked yesterday and she would not purposely speak negatively about Tyga online, the rep stated. She continued to say, we apologize, and y'all can read the rest um, from the website. <laughs> and it was random, because somebody said the conversation, it was mad random, and it couldn't be her. I mean, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her, uh, uh, 
reasonable. I'm gonna give her a reasonable doubt that you know she is a reasonable sign. She's an earth sign. So maybe she didn't say that, but maybe somebody told. Maybe she told somebody, and then they told on her. I don't know what the story is. Y'all told me. Um. So yeah, that will complete all the stories that I found to be uh that I found on the internet that spoke to me for the last two days. Um. Yeah. So yeah. With that being said, uh, I want to talk a little bit about something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little introduction to it because I want you guys to know um, I'm against unarmed black people being murdered, but I'm also against people committing suicide randomly after an insurrection happened. And these were the officers that were at this insurrection. Um, Y'all know that in previous podcasts, I have talked about the insurrection that happened on January 6th um, at the Capitol Hill. They had to can't they had to um delay Congress because of this. Um, but there has been a disturbing trend lately that some officers that were at the insurrection have been committing suicide. Um, so today I will be talking about two articles I found um about the officers who have committed suicide who were at the insurrection that happened on January the 6th, 2021 of this year. Um because I want y'all to understand I'm not okay with anybody being hurt, anybody being bothered. And I want to talk about it because it's disturbing. And I want to know what happened at that insurrection for these officers to feel the need to have to commit suicide. What is going on? What is happening? That's kind of scary. Um, so today's topic, I say it's going to be Wild Card Wednesday. I'm going to talk about that. that that's what I'm going to talk about today is the suicide of of the um, officers, the first responders at the insurrection. So my first article I found is from WSJ. I'm guessing that's the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. I was right; it was the Wall Street Journal. Um, it was written by Alex Kors, and it was updated August third, twenty twenty one. So that means they have talked about this before. Um, it says two more police officers who responded to January 6th Capitol attack died by suicide. Death bring numbers of suicide among officers engaged during the riot to four. And it did this little thing here because it is a Wall Street Journal. So we're going to go to my second article since you want to be stingy, Wall Street Journal. This one, I act funny too, because let's be honest, this one is from CNN. This article from CNN, it was also updated um, yesterday. And it says, um, two more DC police officers who responded to the Capitol insurrection have died by suicide. It says two more D.C. police officers who responded to the U.S. Capitol insurrection have died by suicide, authorities announced on Monday, bringing the total to four officers who have been taking their own lives in the aftermath of the January 6th riot. Officer Gunther Hasida assigned to the emergency response team within the Special Operations Division, was found deceased in his residence on Thursday, July 29th. 
Metropolitan Police Department spokesperson Christian Metzger told CNN in a statement, we are grieving as a department and our thoughts and prayers are with the officer Hashida family and friends, Metzger said. Metropolitan Police Officer Kyle DeFrate was found dead on July 10th, according to Department of Public Information Officer Sean Hickman. Hashida had joined the Metropolis Police Department in 2003, and DeFreitag had been with the department since November 2016. The death marks four known suicide by officers who responded to the Capitol during the attack and three known three known suicides by a D.C. officer specifically. Metropolitan Police Officer Jeffrey Smith, a 12-year veteran of the force, and U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Leakbengood, a 16-year Capitol Police veteran, also responded to the insurrection and later died by suicide. A recent Senate report to the security failure of the day listed both Smith and Leakbengood among those who ultimately lost their lives following the attack. Another another Capitol Police officer, Brian D. Signan, suffered strokes and died of natural causes one day after responding to the attack. Washington, D.C. Chief Medical Examiner determined in April. The Justice Department has charged more than 550 people in the connection with the insurrection, according to the CNN latest tally. The attack is at the center of a high-profile House Selected Commission investigation. During a hearing before the panel last month, the Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn delivered an emotional plea to officers who defended the Capitol to seek out professional help if they need it. I want to take this moment and speak to my fellow officers about the emotions that are continuing to experience from the event of January 6th. There is absolutely wrong wrong with seeking professional counseling, Dunn says. With all well through the day was traumatized, if you are hurting, please take advantage of the counseling service that are available to us. So... That concludes the story of what has happened. Let's talk about this. Um, I don't think this is a co- coincidence. And at this point, we might as well call a spade a spade and say that it is somewhat of a murder. Um, it's, it's knowing the world this large amount of officers would commit suicide. But then again, you know, the insurrection happened. Um, I remember the day when the insurrection happened. It was kind of scary. Um, so I can imagine being in the middle of that mess. And you have to understand, America don't experience certain things happening. So we're kind of privileged in the way to where we don't experience things like an insurrection or, or things like a uh, rebellion happening on an everyday basis. Um... The insurrection was basically a rebellion, as you guys already have pointed out me saying. It's a rebellion. And the day it happened, I think it traumatized America and America's psyche. Um, But for the people to be at ground zero of the incident is scary. It's kind of like on 9-11. Granted, 9-11 was different from the insurrection. But if you are a first responder, you have to run to the problem. You can't run away from the problem. Um, you have the first responders who have to run into those buildings. <coughs> they had to run into the buildings 
And a lot of them didn't come back out because the buildings collapsed on top of them. <clears throat> and it's crazy because this year it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. When the insurrection happened, um, I don't think these officers thought they were going to be dealing with what they thought was dealing with. Um, I don't know how it affect their mental psyche. I don't know how it affect their being. <coughs> I try to stay away from trauma. I try to stay away from drama and I try to stay away from things that cause me to be in it. I'm sorry. I got a little in my throat. I don't know what it is, but it's in my throat. Um, But for four police officers to take their life, it just makes me wonder why. And I don't have a theory to this. Um, I'm just wondering why these police officers um life why are they taking their own life why is this happening what is going on um to the officers and what happened on that day which is why people were saying you know you need to pay police officers more um, and I'm not for the demonetization of the police station, but I am again, I am for them being uh, psychologically evaluated, which is this is why also people are saying that they should be psychologically evaluated because you have four officers now who have been who, who have committed suicide. As we speak, they've committed suicide. And the reason why officers should be psychologically evaluated, there should be a counselor on site. As soon as that insurrection happened, there should have been a counselor to talk with these officers to see what happened, what, what's going through their head, how did it make them feel, how did they feel, just so they can transition back into real life and society without any trouble. And a lot of times police officers also serve in the military as well. So they not only have the psychological trauma of serving the country, they have the psychological trauma of being your everyday police officer. And God knows what is, that's going to be. So it's a shame that these men are committing suicide and they were not on suicide watch. It's a shame that these men have committed suicide and they didn't have nobody to talk to with what they were feeling and how they were feeling and why they were feeling the way they were feeling. Um, that's why people are saying that they should have a psychological evaluation. And especially after a situation like this, there should be a counselor on board for them to talk to in order to understand what is going on in this situation. Um, instead of telling them to seek out help, the city needs to pay for someone so they can talk to them about what happened. It doesn't make any sense that you protect and serve people and you uphold the law of the government and the government don't even protect you when you commit suicide or you're thinking about committing suicide. And it's sad that we live in a today's society that somebody who is protecting the servant and think they're doing what's right for this country don't get protected and served from the country.
You got the same thing with veterans who go to war and they come back and they have PTSD. And they have all these things going on with them and they cannot adjust to society anymore and they curb themselves or they end up homeless and they need to be psychologically evaluated and psychologically taken care of. But that goes to show you, once again, you serve this country, you don't get rewarded like you think you should. So this further proves what everybody's been saying. I'm not saying you should demonetize the police. I think the police need to be trained more. I think the police need to be psychologically evaluated and they need to have a psychological evaluation after every task they're doing, especially when it's a traumatized situation like 9-11 and like the insurrection on January 6th. Um, I find this to be very sad that these men who thought they were doing right and thought they were doing right by society have passed away because they were doing a job which is protecting and serving this country. Um, we need to take care of the people who protect and serve this country. We need to take care of the people in military. We need to take care of the people who um, Coast Guard, um, Army, Marines, Navy, SEALs, all of them need to be protected at all costs under the law. And it should be funded by the state of law. For them to be to be taken care of and to make sure they adjust to society properly, because both of these jobs are very traumatizing. I'm not a police officer because I know the first day first, if something messed up happened, I don't know what's going to happen. So it just it's a strange it's a strange situation, but I also wonder what these officers knew, what these officers knew for them to be. The ones to commit suicide. What happened that day? What did they know? And what did they happen? And what they saw on ground zero of the insurrection on January the 6th. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Um, my thoughts and prayers go out to the um the, the officers who have um committed suicides family. Um, I hope y'all find some closure and I hope you seek counseling when you need where you need. Um this is sad. This is sad that people who have worked for the government and think they're doing what's right have committed suicide and have hurt themselves and nobody was there to have them on watch. But if a prisoner wants to commit suicide, the prisoner will be on watch. Ain't that something? That's strange. That's crazy. Um, Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. Y'all... This has been a whirlwind. This week has been a whirlwind for me. I'm going to tell you why later. Y'all find out later. You do not uh, look at my Instagram account. You, uh, my Instagram is lady underscore Tiffany Ma. I did it kind of give you a hint at what's happening. But I need you to understand. Girl. It's hard out here. It's not easy at all. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) 
I'm be talking about Nancy, y'all. It's been it's been hardcore this week, y'all. I don't know what it is. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is my mind emporium. I am so outie.